It was a speech largely focused on the economic liberalization of African countries, denouncing external influence from authoritarian governments while touting the rule of law, respect for property rights, and regulations that encourage investment. Michael Pompeo is the U.S. chief diplomat. Centralized planning hasn't worked. Look at the failed socialist experiments of years past in Zimbabwe, in Tanzania, and right here in Ethiopia. Even now, even as we stand here today, South Africa is debating an amendment to permit the expropriation of private property without compensation. That would be disastrous for that economy, and most importantly for the South African people. Socialist schemes haven't economically liberated this continent's poorest people. But that is not the genesis of U.S. government comments on land expropriation in South Africa. President Donald Trump, in fact, tweeted on August 22, 2018, after watching a segment on the right-wing conservative Fox News channel, that he'd asked Pompeo to closely study what he called land and farm seizures and expropriations and the large-scale killing of farmers. The State Department later confirmed its position that expropriation without compensation would send South Africa down the wrong path, as explained then by former spokesperson Heather Nauert. The expropriation of land without compensation, our position is that that would risk sending South Africa down the wrong path. Uh, we continue to encourage a peaceful and transparent public debate about what we consider to be a very important issue, and the South Africans certainly do as well. A month later, in New York. Then International Relations Minister Lindiwesi Sulu met behind closed doors with Pompeo, where the matter was raised and seemingly resolved. Both of us know what the situation is, so there's no point in going into that because we had extensive discussions with the embassy, and uh, the, the State Department issued the statement that clarified our position. However, he did say that uh, he thought that uh, we needed to pay attention to explaining our. Position on the land issues. I agreed. We are very eager to do that. President Ramaphosa himself has been at pains to explain the process unfolding in South Africa during his foreign trips, including at the Council on Foreign Relations during the same New York visit in 2018. Whatever finally happens, everything will be done in terms of the law. There will not be any land grab allowed in South Africa. We will follow. We'll do it in terms of our constitution. So be rest assured, we're going to resolve it. And if Mr. Trump was here, I would have told him, Mr. Trump, be rest assured, this problem is going to be solved in the typical South African way, because we've been able to solve our problems in the past. A request for comment from the Department of International Relations is being considered. I'm Sherman Bryspees in New York. Now, to give us some perspective on how the United States stance could impact on commercial as well as diplomatic relations between the United States and South Africa, we now speak to the Chief Operating Officer at the Centre for Risk Analysis, David Ansara. Very good morning to you, David, and welcome. Good morning. Good to be on, Mr. Ansara. How do you view the U.S. Foreign Secretary Mike Pompeo's remarks that land expropriation without compensation would be disastrous for us here in South Africa for our economy? I think you need to see Secretary Pompeo's remarks in the context of the broader commercial and diplomatic relationship between the United States and South Africa. So, the relationship is a very important one, particularly for South Africa in terms of its trade relationships. So, so South Africa exports approximately 89 billion rands 
uh, worth of goods and products to the United States. So that's about 7% of SA's total exports. But this relationship has come under strain in recent years. So uh, if you consider, for example, the trade disputes over chicken, um, the uh, United States currently has placed South Africa under review in terms of its generalized system of preferences. Um, so uh, our status as a developing nation is being questioned by the Trump administration. And there are also some issues around intellectual property rights. Um, so, for example, the um, Copyright Amendment Bill um, you know, has raised some, uh, some concerns uh, with regards to South Africa's respect for IP rights uh, internationally. So, so there are a few issues on the table, but this uh, EWC issue, I think, has, has brought matters to a head. And, you know, obviously the United States has a number of uh, investments in South Africa in terms of, um, in terms of manufacturing, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, various industries. And I think there are concerns around investment protections and the extent to which EWC might impact on U.S. interests in the country. The explanation by President Ramaphosa that land expropriation will be dealt with in a very responsible South African manner, does that perhaps send a message to the U.S. that they should mind their own business? Well, look, I mean, you have to just study the process so far. And the the constitutional amendment bill, which has been produced by the ad hoc committee in Parliament, has you know, produced language that states that you know the the courts must decide when uh, no compensation must apply um, the the language states that um, this will apply to land and any improvements thereon so you know the president has over the last 18 months as this process has been unfolding has said look this will be done in a manner that doesn't affect food security or investment but, you know, these are just verbal assurances from the president at the moment. I think what's most important is the actual language. And then there have also been contradictions um, from the ANC, uh, from the president himself, from Dr. Mocheka, who um, is the head of that ad hoc committee, as well as Enoch Garanguana, who is the head of economic transformation in the ANC, who have said that, no, they don't want the court's to be responsible for this, uh, for these reviews to to determine when no compensation will apply. Rather, it should be the executive. And so there's, there are a lot of contradictory statements coming out of out of the the government and the ANC, and a lot of confusion both locally and internationally about the extent to which EWC will will impact. Mm-hmm. Now, South Africa was not featured in Mike Pompeo's Africa tour, which included Ethiopia, Angola, and Senegal. Is that perhaps also another sign of a strained relationship between South Africa and the U.S.? And may this remarks, this latest remarks by him, Pompeo, presage perhaps a longer-term move by the U.S. to revoke South Africa's preferential trade access to the U.S.? Look, I, I mean, I think considering South Africa's size and the strong commercial ties that it has with the U.S., I think it is notable that South Africa did not feature on the travel itinerary. I mean, the the countries that Secretary Pompeo did visit are, you know, fast-growing African markets, which are considered uh, important for strategic and military reasons as well. 
And, you know, if you study the growth story in Ethiopia, um, you know, I think they have a long way to go, but, but you know, they are in implementing reforms to that economy, which are really going to accelerate their growth and are reaching out, uh, you know, to important strategic trade partners like the U.S. Um, so, you know, I think, um, you know, South Africa also, you know, is what is a middle-income developing country, and whilst we still benefit greatly from that relationship with the United States, we should not take it for granted. I think one of the most important factors is South Africa's uh, participation in the African Growth and Opportunity Act, which is a piece of legislation that is produced by uh, Congress in in the United States, uh, which grants preferential access to U.S. markets. So a number of African countries benefit from this, and South Africa's uh, participation in this in this agreement has been questioned by a number of of U.S. legislators, uh, most notably Chris Coons from Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and one of the conditions of participation in AGOA is that you respect private property rights and the rule of law. And the ANC's ideological trajectory at the moment, by backing EWC, puts it on a collision course mm-hmm. uh, with the United States. So, um, important also to realise that uh, although AGOA is renewed every five years by Congress, it is the President of the United States who determines which countries gain access to a go and which which yes. countries benefit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we antagonize the Trump administration too much, there could be a risk of us jeopardizing our AGOA participation. Thank you, so, David. Th- thank you, David. Unfortunately, that's where we got to leave it. That was the Chief Operating Officer at the Center for Risk Analysis, David Ansara.